This is the Historian's Podcast. I'm Bob Cudmore. A pleasure to welcome back to the program, Bill Buell. How you doing, Bill? I'm doing fine, Bob. Thanks for having me on. It's my pleasure. Bill Buell is a reporter for the Daily Gazette, where he began as a sports writer uh, back in 1977. As a feature writer, he currently covers theater, religion, and history. And we're going to talk with him about uh, one of his uh, history stories for the Gazette. Uh, A bit later on, we'll talk about uh, some of uh, Bill's uh, writing projects uh, on his own. He's got Uh, several books out, and he has a new one in the works. But what attracted uh, my attention was something that I've seen on some of the commentaries over time on the New York History blog, which is usually kind enough to publicize these podcasts. The headline in the the Gazette, I think it was uh, in July of 2016, wanted historians to fill local positions, Schenectady, Rotterdam, and Niskayuna posts are vacant. First off, for those who don't know, uh, New York State has a law, does it not, that every um, municipality should have a historian? Uh, Yeah, there's a law uh, enacted in 1919 by the state legislature, but uh, there's not a lot of power behind it. Uh, Cities or counties or whatever, there's no penalty. So everybody tries to have a historian, and then, uh, you know, they put out feelers, hoping to draw people in, but um, like Niskayuna now has been without one for a while. Rotterdam's been without one for a couple of years. So there's no there's no penalty. For not so having It's them. called an un, uh, uh, unfounded mandate or unfunded mandate, something like that. Yeah, yeah well, I'm glad you brought that up because that's what it is, I believe. It's one of many New York State unfunded mandates that right. people in uh, county and city uh, municipal government complain about. Um, but what the situation in the area where the, the Gazette uh, uh, covers is, is interesting that Schenectady itself, the kind of the home city of the Gazette, has no city historian, although currently it does have a county historian. Yep, we have a, a county historian by the name of Ed Riley, a former Niskayuna Town supervisor, former president of the County Historical Society, and a good friend of mine. Um, he uh, kind of uh, succeeded uh, Don Rutner a couple of years ago. And uh, But Ed is the county historian. We are still without a city historian, although we do have the wonderful Cindy Secord as a volunteer for the Historical Society, which, and she is up at the Eppner History Center on the third floor of, the, of City Hall. And she is kind of running the show up there, cataloging stuff, organizing stuff, and doing a wonderful job. So it's not like nobody is taking care of it, mm. but we still are without a city historian. Well, well, Schenectady probably is, uh, you know, an example, and I bet you there are cities like it all around the state. Right. You know, at one time it had a very active city historian, or maybe more than one, but then, uh, then that ended. I mean, the one that I remember was the former uh, uh, Gazette uh, reporter and photographer Larry Hart, who became very interested in uh, Schenectady city history, wrote books about it, and so on and so forth. And he was the city historian for some time. Right. He was the city and the county historian. Larry was a great guy uh, back in the 60s, or maybe it might have been early 70s, um, 
when he started, they had they had a historian position. They also had an archivist. They might have had a librarian, along with the the position of city historian. So there's a lot more emphasis put on history back in the 60s and 70s. We seem to be losing some of that. But hopefully, uh, between you and me, Bob, will help bring it back a little bit. <laughs> well, maybe so. Uh, <laughs> in fact, I was going to ask you this at some point along the way. Have, have you ever thought uh, of being a Schenectady City historian? I mean, you've written about the city of Schenectady for a long time, as did Larry Hart. Yeah, if, um, if I retire anytime soon and... Um, you know, it's always uh, been something I've thought about and contemplated, but I certainly enjoy my job as a daily reporter for the Gazette. And uh, I'm not at this time, you know, ready or willing to take on uh, the job of city or county historian. But uh, it, it's something, you know, I feel like I would be well suited for mm-hmm. since I, I do have a little bit of background and interest in the subject. But, but uh, not for a while yet, Bob. Thank okay. you. All right. Now, the and you mentioned that Don Rittner had been city and county historian previously, but and his job was or his the funding they were actually paying him. Or they were paying him, which isn't always the case with uh, municipal right. historians. But they, I gather that both the city and, and then the county uh, ulti- uh, decided not to to save money. Yeah, they either eliminated totally uh, his salary from the budget or they cut it severely. Um, so he lost um, he lost one position. I believe the city went first, and then the next year he lost a county position. So uh, it's unfortunate the city and the county, you know, weren't willing to uh, find money for it in their budget, but they weren't. They're were trying to save money, as everybody's trying to do in this day sure. and age. So unfortunately, uh, you know, Don lost those two positions. And Don also, like Larry Hart, he was very active. I remember uh, he spearheaded the restoration of a, or the a restoration, but creation of a replica of a Dutch boat and did all, all kinds of historical ventures. Yep, he was an active guy and very enthusiastic about his work and um, known a lot also in Troy and Albany, not just Schenectady. Mm. And you mentioned that there is now a county historian. How right. did that come to be? And I'm speaking Schenectady County. I guess uh, Schenectady County had a little bit of money for Ed Riley. He gets paid like, uh, I believe it's $10,000 a year. It's, it's in my story there. No, it's, uh, the story says 12000 12000 Okay. Yep, about 1000 a month. Um, so, uh, I, you know, I guess they're always, they, they claim to be actively looking for people. And it, it's hard to find them, but uh, I guess the the stars were aligned, and so the county and Ed got together. He's uh, you know he's a very popular, well-known person who has plenty of historical background, um, so he was a good choice. And, and he's been in politics too, right? Wasn't he? A t- he was the town supervisor at Niskayuna for a long time. He's been living in this area for 54 years. I know that because I talked to him yesterday about. <laughs> Another story I'm um, working on on old Niskayuna. Okay. Uh, and maybe just to put in a, a word about the uh, county where I grew up in the city, uh, city of Amsterdam, last I knew, still has a city historian. He was, uh, you know, associated with the administration of the f- now former mayor, Ann Thane, uh, and that's Robert von Hasselen. And it's, a, you know, a 
just a part-time job. I, I forget what the, the stipend is is now for that, but he's been doing it for some time and seems to be continuing in the new uh, administration. And in the county, in Montgomery County, uh, the county historian uh, is a you know regular job. Right. Uh, the, and maybe you're, you're familiar with her. I've certainly dealt with her many times. Uh, uh, Kelly Yakabuchi Farquhar. Oh, uh, right, sure. Yeah, who has a, uh, and I remember other um, Montgomery County historians like uh, Jackie Murphy and so forth in the past. But in Montgomery County, they make the historian the records officer. So I don't know if Schenectady has that kind of a function. No, we're but, not uh, geared that way for yeah. some reason. It, it sounds like a good way to do it because I know Kelly, is. it's always nice to have her there. You know, if you know somebody who knows what they're doing, will be there if you, right. if you want to find out some information about Montgomery County. Yeah, she's in charge of... Um, the you know making sure the county records are preserved as much as possible like the mm-hmm. wills and deeds and things of that nature and the other a draw they have is i don't know if they really how much they money they generate from it but montgomery county is a center for genealogical research because uh, the mm-hmm. county used to be called tryon county and it was basically all almost all of uh, what we think of as northern upstate New York. So right. a lot of uh, researchers come there and use their photocopying um, facilities and nothing else. Yep, uh, Montgomery uh, County was part of Tryon County, like uh, most of Schoharie County was as well. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so that's Montgomery County. But I was surprised to you know read in in your article or. Or that uh, Rotterdam. Well, let me start with Niskayuna is vacant. I mean, wasn't Ed Riley? I hope people are following this bouncing ball. Wasn't wasn't he the historian up there before he became? Uh, he was never a historian in Niskayuna, but that's where he's from. He was the past president of the historical society, the county, the Schenectady County Historical Society. Niskayuna had some very good historians way back when. They had Lloyd Brinkman during the. Uh, Bicentennial, uh, back in 76. He wrote books. He was a very enthusiastic, knowledgeable guy. And then they had Linda Champagne, um, who did a wonderful job as well. She ran into a little uh, political trouble over the uh, Ingersoll residence, if you remember that historic building, Mm -hmm. over by Mohawk Commons. Mm -hmm. And uh, she kind of lost her budget as well. So suddenly... She was out of a job because I believe she was at odds with the town supervisor about what to do with the Ingersoll residence. And ultimately, wasn't it, what was it? It was the torn down or moved, right? Uh, no, they, well, they cut down all those beautiful, glorious trees around it, and then they moved it uh, about 100 yards or so. But it's still intact. It's still there looking nice and mm-hmm. historic. It's just not in the beautiful setting it used to be, and um, I believe it's a bank now. It's right across Balton Road from Mohawk Commons. Right, right. And what happened in Rotterdam? Rotterdam, uh, well, Dick Whalen was a, a longtime historian. Uh, however, this gives me an opportunity to correct some misinformation I had in my story. Um, you probably know Scott Hafner. He was a, he served as Rotterdam historian. Really? like back in the 90s or maybe early 2000s. And, and he's now at Old Fort Johnson, historic Right, he's side. been there for a while. He's a very knowledgeable guy. Um, 
And I believe um, another individual, um, uh, let's see, I think it was John Papp, was also a Rotterdam historian, like back in the 80s or 90s. Uh, but uh, in, uh, Mr. Whaling um, got a little bit older, had to retire, and they just haven't found anybody to uh, replace him yet. And that's really what uh, got me going, uh, because there was a vacant position, um, and I just thought it should be filled. And Steve Thomason insists, and I believe him, that he's looking, but he just hasn't found anybody yet. So hopefully... I know I got three emails from people asking me who do they contact to apply for the job. So he may be suddenly having an influx of candidates. Well, and here's another interesting development to me anyway. Uh, we often you know, think of these town and city or county historians as older people, such as myself or maybe even, uh, I don't want to make you older than you are, somebody like you and whatnot. <laughs> That's okay. But I'm, we did our most popular podcast in terms of downloads is the one that I did with two young historians. Uh, one was uh, Eddie Watt, and alas, I've forgotten the other other name. I think it might have been... Rachel Kretzer, I hope it is. But in any event, Eddie Watt uh, is, the last I knew, the town historian of Palatine. Rachel Kretzer, her grandma, was the town historian in the Fulton County town of Ephrata, mm -hmm. and she's basically doing that kind of work because I believe both of them studied history in school. And they're right. you know, interested in this uh, in a career. And I think Eddie Watt, when I spoke with him, I think he still is in his in his 20s. He started doing tours of a uh, little uh, Palatine Bridge and so forth and then mm -hmm. ultimately became the, uh, the town historian. So there is some interest on the part of younger people. Yeah, we have, uh, you know, two relatively young guys in uh, Dwaynesburg and Howard Olhouse and Princeton and Robert Jones. Uh, you know, they're... When I say relatively, they're in their 40s, I believe, maybe 30s. I don't want to age them. But they are both two, you know, very good, enthusiastic, knowledgeable guys who are really enthusiastic about their job, who have full-time jobs other than that. Uh, and then there's a wonderful lady up in Glenville. I can't forget her, Joan Sabluski, who's been there for a while. But she's, she's getting on, and she's thinking about retiring. So there will probably be another, you know, vacancy sometime, uh, maybe not real soon, but sometime in the in the near future. Yeah, I'm glad you br uh, brought up Glenville, which is the the town where where I uh, where I live. Joan Zabluski is uh -huh. now uh, the the town historian. There's a name that I've seen in other historical matters, you know, going way back, who was a Glenville historian. I find in your article. Uh, Percy Van Epps was the town's first historian back in 1926. I know there's other kind of Van Epps uh, chapter of the Archaeological Society right. or something yep, like that. Yep, that's named after him too, I believe. He may he may have been the first official town or county historian in the state. I mean, going back to 1926, you know, the law was passed in 1919, so you don't know how quickly these municipalities moved. But um, and he's he was a prolific writer, as you probably know. Wrote a big book on Glenville, and uh, was a very popular guy back in the 30s and 40s. Mm -hmm. In fact, you probably met him, didn't you? No, I, I can't recall ever no. ever meeting Mr. Van Epps. But again, his name comes up um, 
uh, for example, I just did a program, uh, a historian's uh, interview on the uh, community archaeology efforts at Schenectady County Community College, and I think... Uh-huh, a great program. Yeah. Uh, Louise Basso, my friend. Yeah, well, and I think, there again, there's there was or is uh, an archaeological society named for uh, Percy Von Epps. The chapter. Yeah, cha- the oh, New the York chapter. State. Okay, yeah. yeah. Now, also, when you have a municipal historian, it would seem to me that a lot of, well, I'm going to say sometimes anyway, the focus is on buildings. This is a little... Um, kind of phrase that uh, speaks to me because I, I hate to say it, I'm not particularly interested in the buildings. I mean, I know they're important there and so on and so forth. I'm more like to, in the stuff that I do about Fulton and Montgomery counties, I'm more interested in the people and the and the stories. And But I think sometimes in a community, the emphasis is on the building. They save a one-room school or they uh, there's a maybe a church property that was old, uh, like up in the little town of... Uh, of Charleston, uh, south of uh, Fonda, but other places, I would think Schenectady would be a good example. The focus has been on the stories and the people, the industry, and so forth. And I, I know, at least in recent times, a lot of that had to do with Larry Hart, who mm-hmm. you know wrote about the people who lived there. Yeah, Larry was he was prolific too, and. Um, you know, you're right about historic buildings, but there are people who lived in those buildings. So, uh, you know, the, I find I find both interesting. I'm not uh, an architect, so I don't enjoy getting too involved in uh, discussing the architecture of a structure. I'd rather look at the building, say, isn't that nice, and then find out about the uh, people who live in that <laughs> building. So I guess I'm kind of in your camp. Yeah, um, but and- Schenectady, and we have the stockade area where we have dozens of houses that are 200 years old. So um, it's hard to overlook uh, houses in this area anyway. And in fact, I don't know if you wrote the story, or one of the stories, but uh, in terms of today and history and young people and and Schenectady's historic buildings, whoever it is, the powers that control Pokemon Go have, (laughs) have made the stockade a place where you go. For yes, Pokemon Go, people walking around there throughout the neighborhood, looking at their iPhones. Hopefully, they won't get hit by cars or walk off a curb and into a tree or something. Uh, I I have to confess that I am not, uh, you know, I'm not personally involved in this Pokemon Go thing. But um, I guess anything that gets people to appreciate history a little bit more is okay. And. Um... Maybe a political uh, question. I don't know if, if you want to even pick this up, uh, but on the New York History blog, there's been back and forth about New York. You know, what New York State is it doing enough for history? I know that up in my Mohawk Valley, um, they've, uh, for example, the Taste New York programs opened this little um, but new rest stop at the uh, Lock 13 in. In Randall, and you know, there's been more signage about the American Revolution sites in the Mohawk Valley. So yes, they're they're doing some things, but I suppose it's unlikely to think that the state would uh, put out, uh, you know, an appropriate an actual appropriation to fund this uh, uh, his these historian jobs. Yeah, it's it's nice if we had more money to spend because the Mohawk Valley is. Uh, could be more of a historic area. Um, you know, I mean, I love it. I go I do, I go from here to there and all around the Mohawk Valley checking out historic places. So it's all there. 
out for up for us to see, but it, it would be nice if there's a more concerted effort between the state government and all our local governments. And so there's there's always more we we could be doing. That's mm-hmm. for sure. And in terms of the uh, your survey of uh, municipal historians in the Schenectady area, we didn't I didn't ask you about the town of Princetown, uh, which has Robert Joseph Jones, and right. I note he's a uh, professor at Fulton Montgomery Community College in foreign languages and English. Right. He's a great guy. He was a volunteer at the Historical Society and and working at FMCCC. And when my wonderful friend, Irma Mastrian, who I should mention, she retired uh, after like 30-some years as the Princeton historian, um, I just kind of mentioned, hey, there's going to be an opening. And he uh, applied and he got the job and He's a great guy, so I was happy for him. And another point about Schenectady, or Schenectady County in particular, the County Historical Society is very active and appears to be rather well-funded. They put on a lot of uh, programs, and they pay the people who speak. Uh, Yeah, they're they're doing a great job. We have uh, three young and enthusiastic women who are in charge of the programs, uh, Mary Zawacki, who you should have on at some point. Oh, no, we've had Mary on, yes. Oh, you did? Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jenna Peterson-Riley out at the Maybe Farm, and Caitlin Morton-Bentley at the headquarters in the Stockade. Uh, they're all really enthusiastic, and they're really they're developing a great uh, schedule of programs. Mm-hmm. We have secret Stockade tours every um, the first Wednesday of every month. They're getting 20 to 30 to sometimes 40 people coming to those. Um, and hopefully the casino, whether you like it or not, that's going to bring in more people. And when they get tired gambling, maybe they're going to walk downtown looking for other things to do. And hopefully that will bring in a little bit more business. How about that? Well, you never know. Take a chance, as they say. Uh, Bill Buell, a feature writer for the Daily Gazette newspaper, we've been talking with him about uh, his uh, story that focused on Schenectady County, but, uh, you know, as I know around the rest of the state, this is an issue, uh, wanted historians to fill local positions. Uh, Bill also uh, is, an, is an author of uh, books on uh, history. He's uh, written a book about uh, Schenectady uh, County, also about Albany City and uh, uh, County, and you have been working on a book uh, on Schenectady socialist mayor George Lunn. How's it going? Oh, I can report you have a, a news uh, flash, Bob. I, I am done. <laughs> However, when I say I'm done, I mean I'm done researching, researching and writing. Um, I just got done like two weeks ago, but I'm, so I'm going to kind of let the last few pages sit and see how I like them. And I may go back and you know come up with a different ending for the last page or so. But then now I have to do all my footnotes and sources and all that other kind of stuff. So it's still not going to be till sometime next year before the book is actually published. Oh, it'll be next year. Okay. Hopefully, yes. Uh, It's been a long haul and it's been fun, uh, but I'm, I'm ready to put it aside and start working on something else. Okay. You've Maybe live with George Lunn long enough. I don't know. Yes, I have. Now, as and, wonderful a guy as he is, it's been a long time. Uh, and are you publishing it yourself, or who's your publisher? No, I have um, a couple uh, of people interested, but 
uh, my hope is that SUNY Press will do it. They're they're definitely interested, and they're, they've promised to look at it. So hopefully uh, it'll be published by them. But uh, there's nothing set in concrete yet. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and can you tell us a little bit about George Lunn? He was a um, first Reformed minister uh, in Schenectady from 1904 to 1909. He um, left the pulpit and went into politics. He was a so-so Republican uh, initially, but he was recruited by the local Socialist Party to run for uh, mayor in November of 1911. And lo and behold, he actually won because he was such a popular individual. Uh, His term is two years. He runs again in the fall of 1913, but loses because the Republicans and Democrats had formed a fusion candidate. So he's out of office for two years. But, of course, the Democrats and Republicans couldn't keep it together, as you might expect. And in 1915, he's elected again as a socialist, uh, but then quickly leaves the party, becomes a Democrat, becomes a U.S. congressman, lieutenant governor, and longtime public service commissioner, who finally dies out in California in 1948. But a very fascinating, interesting guy. He's the kind of guy you keep on reading about, and you just—he never disappoints you. And being a socialist, uh, you know, maybe you know, not everybody was a socialist, but was it maybe more popular then, nineteen teens? Uh, for example, uh, the great GE scientist Charles Steinmetz was a socialist, right? Yeah, Steinmetz wasn't politically active when he first showed up in the U.S. for the longest time, fifteen years or so. But then when one got elected in November of uh, 1911. Steinmetz, I think he approached him or wrote him a letter saying, sort of, I am at your service and willing to help in any way he can. So he um, got involved in the school board and in the creation of parks, and they were a pretty good uh, team, the two of them. Yeah, I don't imagine the GE hierarchy thought much of that, but, but he was Steinmetz after all. Uh, yeah, they weren't going to do anything to mess with Steinmetz. He was pretty valuable to him, that's for sure. And, and one little aside on socialists in the 19-teens, in one of my pieces for the Gazette about Fulton, Montgomery counties, I did a story about the Sacandaga Park, which was this big amusement park the Fonda, Johnstown, and Gloversville Railroad ran. And I happened to find a little uh, piece in, I think it was in the Amsterdam paper, let's say 1912, that they were having, you know, they'd have all kinds of conventions and gatherings at Sacandaga Park, uh, the butchers union or the the retail grocers. But it said all socialists, it was all the socialists in that congressional district were gathering at Sacandaga Park. Yeah, Gloversville and uh, Johnstown had a pretty good hub of uh, socialist activity back in the first decade of the 20th century. Um, There wasn't much going on in Albany, very little going on in Troy, but um, I believe Amsterdam had some, but it was Schenectady, and it was the Gloversville-Johnstown area who had really active Mm -hmm. uh, locals. Yep. And uh, again, we've been talking with Bill Buell. We just have over a, a minute left, just a couple of something completely different among, among the many stories that Bill has written this uh, summer uh, for the Gazette had to do with uh, some 
historical trivia from Saratoga Springs, just two points. One about a man who also has been on this program. Brian Bouye's book is out on John Morrissey. Who who, who was he? John Morrissey was uh, an interesting figure. I mean, very combative. Um, uh, I guess he liked to get in arguments. Uh, I haven't read Brian's book yet, but I'm going to. He's He was born in Ireland, came over here in 1830-something, and by 1863, he's doing well enough to uh, form uh, Saratoga Racetrack. So he's the person mostly responsible for the uh, creation of Saratoga Racecourse. Okay, and the other one I'll just mention, uh, uh, you've had in your story, that the famous poet Edgar Allan Poe, uh, was it or visited Yaddo? Yeah, he visited uh, Yaddo, but it wasn't Yaddo yet. Uh, he was there maybe uh, 30 or 40 you... years before it became uh, Yaddo. Well, Bill, I'm sorry, we, we, we do have to wrap it up. I thank you very much for joining us. We've been talking with uh, Bill Buell, historian and features writer for the Daily Gazette. This is Bob Cudborn. <laughs>